said you can't go home? Real Estate Exposed, brought to you by Signature Real Estate. Real Estate Exposed is all about helping homeowners and those who would like to be homeowners and those who would like to get into real estate. Welcome to Real Estate Exposed, brought to you by Signature Real Estate and Prosperity Lending. I'm Brandon Roberts, along with Shelly Panzarella, and our guest in studio, who's almost starting to become a regular, yeah. I think he's growing on us, his name is Chris Bishop. Hello. LVR just released the, uh, its report on the local housing market for February of 2020. We set another record for local home prices, while local housing supply continues to shrink. Wow. Man, that's been the story from for a couple years now, hasn't it? Yeah. Maybe it's a different line. <laughs> different line. So uh, our average or our median sales price now here in Las Vegas for a single family residence is four hundred and fifty thousand. That's incredible. Unbelievable, right? What was so, that up from last last month? Four thirty five. Four thirty five last month. So it's wow. up another fifteen thousand, or it's twenty six over twenty six percent higher than um, February of last year, which was at three fifty five. You've had like these huge gains every month that you've talked about. I I got three seventeenth the whole three seventeenth the yeah, whole time you were president. Yeah, that's amazing. Twenty six is it twenty six point eight percent from the same time last year? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And then, uh, so the median price for local condos, townhomes. So we do separate those out. In February, increased to two hundred sixty thousand. That's also wow. sets an all time record, and it's up over thirty one percent from one ninety seven five hundred in February of twenty twenty one. There's only three hundred condos available in all of Southern Nevada. Really? Yeah. That's what it says. That's active on the market now. And then wow. it's new, down 50%. Yeah. And down then your, your um, number of new listings, uh, 2950. So good, good stuff. Sucks. But we're Sucks. still selling more homes though, is right? Uh, it was up a little bit this last month over the month before. I don't have the exact figure, but just a, a small amount. You do. So uh, they sold 600, 669 units, uh, which... I mean, that's is, pretty typical. Is 7% less than a year ago. A year. Yeah, for the so. same month last year. Mm -hmm. But the inventory is down 53% while the housing market inventory is actually up at uh, the same time. Mm. I think that's only a month stat, but uh, a half a month's inventory in condos. Yep, it's crazy. So what do, you, do you remember? Um, and, and just over a half a month uh, in single family residences. Yeah. And the last time this happened like this, um, especially in, in some of these master plan communities, um, we saw these major jumps like 40% equity, 50% equity in a month. Um, it's scary. Mm -hmm. When was that? Uh, 2006 and seven, was I it? think was a big time for that. Um, when I saw, we never had uh, I, condo prices that I high. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen a condo no. price that high. And this is when um, a lot of the big uh, funds bought uh, apartment complexes and they converted them mm. to condos. Yeah. And so I think that we're primed for that again because you know, you take a $40,000 apartment that they're renting out or now $80,000 apartment and it's worth $260,000 in a median. Um, you look at an apartment complex that has 800 units. I mean, that's that's massive. That's $100 million. You think they'll, they'll all flip again? Because there's been a ton of construction on the, you know, even on the Beltway, there's been those big, massive apartment complexes that were being built last year. That yeah, what is fully it? Occupied. Uh, Elzean or something? Elgin? Luis's husband works for them. Uh, um, I can't think of the name, uh, Elysium. El Elysium. Yeah. El and yeah. they're building lofts. So, I mean, lofts are nicer mm -hmm. words for condos, right? Yeah. 
just the, I mean, that's like no a balls. beautiful master plan, is from what I've been told. <laughs> you so, want a walled unit or a no-walled unit? 76.8% of all homes are selling within the first 30 days. That's wow. Amazing. Which is up from last month, which was at 71.3%. So it's market's hot. Yes, it's it is. on fire. It's been uh, for Tom buyers shirt. and everything. <laughs> Brought to you by Tom Shirt. Where is Tom? Is he, here? Is he on vacation? Just a few weeks ago. Yeah. So we're back in that uh, multiple offers over praise value. All that's happening again this during this season. Yeah. So um, how are rates looking? How is that? Is it helping us or hurting us right now? Uh, I feel like we have we still have the FOMO, fear of missing out. <laughs> I still think that's happening. A lot of people are hearing that the rates are up, and so if everybody knows that pricing is going to go up hedge against the bet right and getting in sooner and so we have a ton of buyers that are pre-approved they just they're having a hard time being one of the lucky winners and getting one of these homes to you know and they're doing some pretty aggressive things to to get into contract you know yeah. over appraised values waiving appraised value or appraisals which i felt like we had a that was a big thing when we started 2021 and it kind of simmered down a little bit but now it's full Try force. Back up. Yeah. Waving or making their earnest money non-refundable. Yeah. I mean, they're doing some crazy, crazy stuff to get that house. Yeah. Which well, I mean, even paying seller side, seller closing costs, which is, you know, crazy. Like you can't get a seller to pay closing costs in this market. Are you I know, but I mean, they're paying their closing costs now. The buyers are paying, yeah. which I, has never been something that I'd ever seen in, in the industry. So the, the, Russian invasion of Ukraine, does that have any effect on interest rates? Are you seeing that now? or Housing has a big effect on the gas prices. So the joke <laughs> is that we're going to start to count the uh, the gas payments inside of our debt-to-income ratio, but it's not true. It's false news on <laughs> I Facebook. I saw those memes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The gas prices are higher than most of your credit scores. <laughs> that, that could be true, actually. <laughs> I, could, I could see a buyer going to qualify and they run another credit check and he's run his credit card up getting gas. Just that, for gas. That would well, be interesting. And I've heard on the gas, I mean, all of that with like the gas cards, you have to go in and get a double authorization because some people's cars are taking more than like $100 to fill up their cars. And so, the, you know, I guess a normal authorization is $75. So we don't know about this because yeah. we, we haven't have filled electric. up gas. For like hey, but I had some tragedy this last few weeks because my charger shorted out and I had a oh, whole no. big mess. Oh. And it's a, it's a mess when you can't get a charge. But yeah. it's a lot easier than having it. We'll just let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> I did plug in in my neighbor's house and steal their electricity. Shh. Really? Mm -hmm. That's a slow drip coming from if you don't have a. No, he had a 220 plug. So oh, it was, he did. It was pretty good. <laughs> You're like, Hi there, excuse yeah. me. Just. But we're back up and going, so everything's good. Yeah. I had to get so. gas in my Jeep yesterday. It was, uh, <laughs> I only put in $50. Because I wanted, you know, it was like because your authorization would only do that much. Yeah. <laughs> but I got my I got my discount for Vons, you know, at my gas station, and it took off twenty five cents a gallon. So I was really excited about that for the I, ten gallons I got. Wow, that's the funny. I've had actual people like that's what they look forward to right now is the rewards off of their grocery store shopping. To buy more groceries so they can get <laughs> exactly. cheaper gas. What, what I don't what I don't get it. I, maybe I just am not that person. But uh, so my aunt posted a video on Facebook about the fact she was at Costco. And she was getting gas, so she took a photo of the line. And there's six lines, and every line has 12 cars in front of oh in front of where goodness. she's at. And the people's cars are on. They're, they're running. Like waiting for gas. <laughs> and so I, I didn't want to say anything because obviously it's a problem. But, um, yeah. Did anybody run out of gas while waiting for gas? I don't gas? know. I don't know. <laughs> that would have been. That'll be like $50 more by the time you get up it, there. 
Is it bad that I, I mean, I do feel bad because I still have half of my household that still pays for gas, but when they're like, oh, so my husband, Wednesday morning or whenever they're talking about gas prices going up, he literally jumped out of bed in his pajamas, yeah, ran down and filled grabbed up. his two mint chocolate chip cookies, just booked out, and I'm like, well, something must be going on outside. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm like going out, call him, like, hey, what's going on? He's like, well, did you not see the news? I'm like, uh, no, I don't usually watch the news. He's like, gas prices are going to go up over $5. I'm like, okay. breaking news. So he had to jump out of bed to go do that. So some people are just reacting, I think, you know, to this. Not reacting. But I don't. Do you feel bad? Like, I'm Yes, I, mean, I feel bad, I but I that's bad. not the right say- statement. I feel bad. That's the, the politically correct thing yes. to say. No, I feel bad because I got a Bronco on order, oh. and I'm going to eventually have to buy gas. But I'm feeling a little bit relieved it hasn't come in yet, because <laughs> now I can always say, "Well, I have a gas-powered car coming, coming, but yeah. I don't really have to pay the high gas prices yet." Yeah, but I mean, we were always well, at least for myself, I always give I was given a hard time because I, you know, made the leap of faith into sure. into an electric car, and I always had to try to like, oh, but you know, the cost in gas compared to what the payment is going to be. But now. It's looking better. Exactly. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think the thing Joke's on you. is, um, you know, I, I live in an area that's very close to a senior community and you'll see people that will go in and, and they'll get small amounts of gas. Like you're in the pump before. Yeah. It's like 10 bucks or 15 bucks. And it's like, where are they going to go? Pump three? You've seen that on Facebook, the guy at pump four, you know, you only got $10 in gas and it's like, where are you going to go? But I, I can imagine that if I lived on a, on a very Fixed. small budget. You know, and you're going to the doctor, you're going to the, the grocery Post store. Post office every day. And you're, now you're paying $50 to fill up your tank. I yeah. mean, it's, that, that's the thing that, that's bad. But for us as realtors, um, it's a cost of doing business. So it's a higher business cost, but it doesn't mean I'm going to stop selling houses. No, so that's because your, your median sales price keeps going up, yeah, right. so your commissions <laughs> go up, so you're still making more money. I'm yeah. going to have a gas fee I'm going to add to my commission now. Right. Yeah. You want to see well. more than one house? <laughs> oh, that's a gas fee. Do you think that you'll you'll see more people do like virtual type stuff again? Like we were in a with COVID where everybody was online just because they don't want to travel so much? They might. But do you think you'll see more people instead of wanting to take their own car, want to ride with the realtor again? <laughs> or ride Probably. With Could you pick me up in my house? <laughs> <laughs> that used yeah. to be the worst. You'd spend a half hour going to get them. Then you'd go show house. And then you spend a half hour taking them back home. And then they start meeting you in the office. Now they meet you right at the house, so it saves you a lot of time. Yeah. Right. The other thing is, though, if, if people start buying less gas, right, and driving less, that means there's less tax revenue yeah. for the roads and stuff. So are they going to get worse? I don't know. They can't get any worse. Can they, they get? Worse. I was going to say. I mean, we're you, our, our, fly, our um, flower is the cone. Yeah, state bird of Nevada is the construction cone. Yeah. I uh, thought it was the crane. Yeah. The construction <laughs> no. crane. No, I think the cones have beat. beat what was the other thing? Uh, there was that meme. That everyone's been freaking out with the gas memes on Facebook, you know, about everything. And um, there was a couple that came out this weekend that were just cruel. I mean, you know, uh, they have these stickers of, of Joe Biden that they put on gas pumps. That I did that. Says, I did that, you know. <laughs> I mean, that stuff's just, it, it, it's funny to listen to or see, but it's, it's really starting to be crazy. Yeah. So to answer your original question, I'm not sure that I think that will with the gas prices going up, I think from the economic standpoint, I think they're going to be a little bit more um, uh, cautious when they're lifting the rates because they're supposed to talk this month to uh, increase the Fed rates. So I think the initial statement was they're going to raise them by half a point. I don't know that they'll go that high. See, I heard that they were they would. Some economists, one we, we heard from when we were in Salt Lake, actually yeah. 
thought that they would come down a little bit yeah because they're not going to get aggressive on the the rate hikes like they yeah. were planning like six or seven of them so yeah while we're going through this today so that could be a little bit of a, a benefit for a little bit of relief there so but it actually doesn't help us too much because we still don't have inventory to sell true so yeah i think the thing that um about six seven months ago we did a show on market stats and numbers if you remember that and what we kind of saw is the the what could happen in las vegas and one of the things we said was aliens or war, right? Yeah. Um, so aliens didn't happen yet. Darn. Predicted um, it. yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we saw this war happen, and I think what's what's concerning to me is um, we see this massive change in inflation for gas prices. You know, and and but I think it was Carter was president when they had the last big um, gas shortage where they were people in line for the gas station and it would just shut down. Um, things like this change a marketplace. And so raising gas prices, I mean, us, California is like $6 a gallon, you know, and if you stop anywhere between here and California, it's $12 a gallon or something yeah, crazy. Um, you go to resorts markets. And I think that, I think that people should understand that these things cause markets to cycle. And so, yeah, we don't have any inventory, um, but if these things get worse and they cause jobs to change, or, you know, if you had a trucking company and gas prices went crazy like this, can't operate your company. True. Um, well, you charge and everything's more. affected by that. Yeah. Which raises the prices of everything that you're hauling as well. Yep. Inflation. And that's kind of the the evil Catalyst. cycle, so to so to speak. Yeah. But yeah, I mean rents rents are going up, um, food's going up, gas is going up, stuff like that. Wages are going up. But I'm not but gonna not stop at, eating. Not at the pace of everything else. So Yeah. What'd you say? You said food's going up, but I said I'm not gonna stop eating. <laughs> I should. <laughs> So ah. my gym membership didn't go up any. It didn't? <laughs> no. Came down? Same price. Same, Same price. price. <laughs> they know you're going to use it less because you can't afford to drive there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. That's You've been funny. grandfathered in. <laughs> the, so they haven't guys, seen you in time. You have to go in to sign the new contract. They keep waiting for you. I have somebody else with their photo because they use it and I don't. So <laughs> they don't even know who I am. That's funny. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we were in Salt Lake this, yeah. this week. Went up there for Region 11 conference. How many of those have you been to? Um, probably eight or nine. Eight or nine a month. This is my third. Yeah. Um, but Region 11 is, they break up, NAR, they break up this, the country into regions. 13, I believe there's total. Thir 13 it seems regions. like that'd be unlucky. And so we're in uh, Region 11, which has us, Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, Wyoming. And Colorado. And Colorado. Yeah. Six. Six states. And and this year, uh, uh, VP of Region 11 is Rick Mathis? Rick Southwick. Southwick, Southwick, sorry. Yeah, he's sorry, the, Rick. President of the, I know the you're Utah listening. Real Estate Commission right now, too. He's what? He's the president of the Utah Real Estate Commission. He's a good well. guy. He put oh, on a good, good thing. So uh, people from all the states in the region come out, and there's different presentations on different things. And uh, um, so we had... And you, you learn a little bit more about their state and some of the stuff they've gone. So uh, they had Brad from utahrealestate.com who runs their MLS and stuff like that. And he gave, gave a presentation on um, MLSs and the things that are happening. One thing that he brought up was a change in appraisals. He said there's, there's and he says, I know nothing about appraisals. Um, so, but this gives you some information on, on the way that um, MLS data is gonna be used. He's saying you're seeing more and more uh, desktop appraisals yep. where they're not even requiring mm -hmm. them to go out. And one of the stipulations is that they're wanting like a, a floor plan. 
mm. drafted out. And he said, so one thing you'll start to see in, in the MLS is, is this expands that they're going to have to make room to put in. A floor plan? Uh, yeah, the, the drawing of the floor plan. Funny wow. commercial Where would you get that, that from? Mm-hmm. Huh? Where do you guys get that from as agents? Uh, so you'll start probably start seeing services that'll do that for you. Ah. It's good business. There's probably de- <laughs> deliver an app for it, yeah. But actually, uh, 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 um, SalesTrack was famous for the fact that they had an archive of uh, floor plans for all mm-hmm. the developments that were out mm-hmm. there. And that used to be a, a big deal. You put together a flyer with a floor plan, and then people started doing Matterport. Yep. And Matterport would actually do it for you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in commercial, whenever someone goes and lists a building for lease or a building for sale... Um, a lot of companies have a, a department that just creates floor plans. And I downloaded an app. It's called CamPro. And you can literally uh, take a photo of a room, and it will map the room's dimensions mm-hmm. for it. The only thing I'm worried about is, what if it was wrong? And I'm like saying this room's 10 by 10, and I market it on there, and it's on the floor plan, and then come to find out it's really 9 by 10. Yeah, and I don't think, I don't think and I could be wrong, I don't think the dimensions have to be there. I think it just has to be the layout. Okay showing it overall layout mm-hmm. so the, but because what the the desktop appraisal or whatever is looking at is all this information mm-hmm. and if it falls in this category it gets there but i think that's going to extend which could really affect the appraisal industry mm-hmm. i mean i think there are right now actually our client she uh reviewed the entire appraisal of her pro- both of her properties and she called me and said you know i think uh, I deserve a refund on this because one, it's an investment property, and so he basic it's the same home, right? But the square footage is just off by maybe fifty square feet, and so he used the same numbers for rental, the rental income and such. And so she's like, "Why would I get charged twice?" But then as she went into it, she said he like it was very basic as far as the information that was in there. She's done appraisals before, I guess, in the past, or knows people that had. She done reads it. a lot of them. Yeah. Analytical. And yeah, super analytical. But I think a lot of that is because, like you're saying, the desktop underwriting is happening behind the scenes already. Mm-hmm. And so there's not a lot, there's, they can do some part of it, but then the desktop side of it is also taking over it inside of our approvals. So they know that they're not, they're not going to that, <laughs> that due, not that due diligence, but they're not having to go to that nth degree to do these appraisals like they used to before because yeah. it's being done on these desktop appraisals. And it came in 70 grand higher than the sales price. She does deserve a ref- right? yeah, refund. I know. But, you know, if you look at that, the more they can automate stuff, the more this could move towards NFTs or non-fungible yeah. transactions uh, and yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, very true. So that was kind of interesting. And then he shared some stats on their website and different things like that. But I think uh, the way the MLSs are going to be changing and stuff like that is going to be kind of kind of exciting to me. Yeah. Or It's not just going to be data here and there. So, Well, I, I actually like the idea of measured floor plans because... You know, it used to be when you got an appraisal, the appraiser on a luxury home, especially, they would go in with their disc, mm-hmm. you know, that measure disc, mm-hmm. and they would measure properties and it, confirm yeah. it. And then they'd have a second appraiser come in and confirm that info as well. And so the buyer felt really good and the bank felt really good about it. Um, and I think you're right. I think a lot of times in our business, it's just, you know, you've seen appraisals where they never went to the house, mm-hmm. but they were supposed to, but they never did because you have the only access code to get in. Um, and then you see things like the toilet's broken, and you're like, how did he know the toilet was broken? That's <laughs> what that was. How did he get in? <laughs> was that in a picture? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I don't want our agents measuring because that's one more no, thing they either. can mess up in the, the data and stuff. But um, were you ever taught how to measure the square footage yeah. of a house? Yeah. Outside? I mean, I, we cornered used to outside like, corner? Yeah. <laughs> we used to have to go in, like, it was when I started here in, in Las Vegas, um, every agent got a, um, a measure mate 
right? And a it what? was laser driven, not sound driven. And so um, you would actually have to go in and measure all of the major rooms of the oh. house to confirm its size because the MLS required it as a field, right? And so you had a data sheet that was like five pages. It had every question about the house that matched a field that you'd have to input. And so, you know, you go in there and you'd spend like an hour in the house. That's, I know that's weird. Measuring and all You'd spend an hour in the house actually looking at everything and you'd write it on the sheet and then you go back and you input your listing. And what kind of, what's funny about this is all of the listings now are somebody's data sheet where someone just kept copying Mm. whatever was in there. And then the REO days happened and agents stopped going to property. So they just would find a model match and put it in. And we're finding a lot of data is just incorrect, you know? So you no longer have to put that... You, I mean, because the information's in there, right? It's a, a lot of stuff's auto-populated. Yeah. Ah. And yeah. you don't have to put in all the room dimensions anymore. Right. Like yeah, you I think they want you to put three. Two or three. three. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Kitchen right. kitchen dimensions for a dining is required, but not the secondary bedrooms. Yeah. I, okay. Because who eats in the secondary bedroom? Oh, because you think it's important. Um, I, don't, I don't know why it is. You have to put a uh, primary bedroom. You have to put uh, primary living space in their measurements. And then you got to put uh, kitchen is a field that's required. And so you have to put in information about it. And one of it's the, you know, measurements for its dining area that has it. Yeah. And, and oh. it, that's different from market to market. When I moved here from, from Salt Lake, uh, we never measured rooms. We measured square footage of the house from the outside corner to outside corner. And we made sure the square footage was right, but we never did room dimensions. Oh, corner and to he, corner. We didn't have to do that. Yeah. That's how you determine the actual square footage yeah, yeah. of a house. Mm. You know, it's not inside wall to inside wall. But, but then here, it was all of a sudden we had to measure rooms. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is a pain, but. So you actually had to draw the diagram of the full outside layout of the home? Um, you didn't have to draw it, but you'd go measure it to make sure it was right. <laughs> and then as things get going, that stuff starts to get auto-populated, stuff yeah. like that. And then agents would just do it so they look like they were smarter. So they're out there working on the house. And so, yeah, I listed it with <laughs> so my agents. So how did you do it? Did you have a tape measure you mm-hmm. had to do it with? Like you had the tape old measure. Ones Somebody holds one side and they run around mm-hmm. the whole house. Yeah. Just yeah, to wrap it around three or four times. No. <laughs> oh, that's another realtor. It's okay. It was, it was crazy. So, um, but now most uh, square footage is populated off the yeah. county usually, and you don't yeah. have to worry about it unless there's yeah. an error. And usually there's only an error if they didn't get a permit and yeah, put a room in. So, yeah. Cool. Well, and then um, what was your favorite? There was a, there was a lot of speakers. Um, Did you, you know take what? anything away? or would you just what, Were you this? there for three days? Three a day days. and a half. Oh, a day and a half. Okay. It was a one day, one full, one half day, and then one full day of speakers. Here's the problem with regional conventions. Um, they're supposed to be there so that when you're an NAR director, Brandon's an NAR director, I'm an NAR director. Thanks, Brandon. And when you go, you're supposed to get all the information so that you can go to the national meetings and vote on issues that are coming up, right? Okay. And you're supposed to meet national leadership so that you can get introduced to them. You can start you know, moving your way through whatever committees you want to be on. And, and they had Tracy Casper there, who's one of the incoming presidents, so that she could meet people to fill committee appointments. Um, and then it's like nice to meet the other uh, directors in your region. What ends up happening now is that you go and you get some type of random speakers about random topics. Like we went to Colorado four years ago when they legalized marijuana and the entire conference circled around pot topics, Mm. not hot topics, but hot (laughs) topics. (laughs) I missed that one. And it was really interesting. I'm not going to lie. And it was at the Broadmoor, which was a really incredible resort. Um, But it had nothing to do with Nevada or anything that we do, but it was cool to hear other things. And so for some reason from that event to now, the majority of the topics have nothing really to do with NAR leadership or that or anything else. It's just random topics. But I thought the I've never had a 
uh, regional statistical update, which was my favorite part. They brought this kid in um, from, um, I think he was from Colorado or Utah. No, he was from Utah, okay. U University of Utah, one of their he, he did areas. stats on the entire region. So all of those six states that we mentioned, uh, everything that's going on, and he put in some great reports and uh, statistical data that they so, provided. And I thought it was kind of cool to see the way that other states in our area, our region, are up. doing things. And that was neat. I really so like how that. do we stack up against the different? Very poorly, ironically. Really? We're not. <laughs> With respect to? When you talk about job diversity and stuff, we stack up poor, very poor. Really? When you talk about rents and stuff, I mean, yeah, it ranked, it ranked them. And in some areas we were higher than others, some areas we were lower than others, but um, we weren't really an outlier. No, you but know, we weren't I mean, number one it, in it anything. Was, our region is pretty consistent um, with a lot of different things. But yeah, I mean, they went over to average um, your rents and stuff like that, everything, your vacancy rates, everything. And so there's a lot of charts. There was a lot of information. I like charts. Yeah. Colors. Colors, yeah. lots the of US colors. National I like pop-up books too. Chart. What's that? I like pop-up books too. Do you? <laughs> I haven't seen those in years. One of the one other thing that I really enjoyed there on the end of the first day, they had bro, uh, round tables. Yeah. Um, and usually round tables, sometimes you get some stuff. Sometimes it's like nobody wants to share or whatever. But they did them in different things. And I sat the, at the large board above seven thousand members, and so I sat with other presidents that have boards that, oh, cool. of that size and just kind of shared ideas and stuff like that. It was really cool. It was good stuff. So what did you take away from that? Yeah. And then we're doing things really good. Ah, you guys, that Mr. we have president. a really good president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was neat just as as you're talking and how people are solving different issues and doing things. Uh, it really ended up into more of a diversity conversation in the end. Um, and some of the stuff that Colorado's done to to get national news too on how they've structured their board and stuff, but oh. um, it was just it was kind of neat. And then uh, in Arizona, one gentleman they've they've absorbed five other associations mm -hmm. and how they run that and they do all that and they've got like twenty five thousand members. Wow. It's kind of crazy. The the different things that people are dealing with and how we get wrapped up in just thinking one way and there's just lots of other ways to do it's, things. It's weird when you're. Um, when you're in a regional setting like that, I always thought the uh, the cool thing would be to have like regional committees mm -hmm. where we take issues and we attack it from a, a regional area, how to make it better in multiple states. For some reason, they don't do that. It's it's sit and listen, and there's no big interaction. And so this was the first time I've ever seen a round table, which I thought was really good, but they had no has-been table. Like they no, had what? local president, local president oh. elect, you know, you're doing this, but it was like, oh, you're over, so go away. Um, thanks, thanks for still showing up. Yeah, that's what it felt like too. Uh, they had opportunity or uh, uh, affordable housing, but that table was full, so I had to go back to my room. I uh, would assume no, that was like a big topic, the affordable housing that, across yeah, the board. Yeah, that's a big topic now yeah. at anything that we're doing. Yeah. I mean, I was at the, I remember all the letters, LVGEA um, presentation this last week too, and, and that's, uh, again, affordable housing is the biggest, big issue right now. And yeah. anything on the horizon to fix that other than build more houses, build more houses. Yeah. So um, the mm -hmm. governor rolled out um, a lot of the Biden bucks that they've talked about. Uh, they have five hundred million dollars that they've set aside for Nevada uh, that they're going to use for different programs. But one of the cool things that's in that is that there's 40 million dollars for land acquisition. And so um, I'm a land uh, listing agent. I, I list land every year and I have parcels that sit, are sitting in outlining areas that would make perfect spots for affordable housing. Mm. The problem with those programs is the money never makes it to where you think it will, right? And you never hear about it early enough to actually do something about it. So 
I, um, st I started making some phone calls to people that we know uh, in state legislature or in you know counter groups. I actually have a meeting set up with the director of the program. Oh, so wow. I'm, I, I found out about it uh, yesterday that they, they found an individual that works there that knows what the program is. And so they're coordinating to, to put together a meeting so that I can actually find out the details and be able to take it to some of those clients so that they can help through it, you know, and it, it may not end up in a commission. It may just end up that they get together and, um, and they're able to build mm -hmm. a track like that. And then we get the opportunity to sell the track, oh, that's um, cool. but it could be really cool because you never see any of these programs actually come full circle. Yeah. They just talk about it and the money's gone. Yeah. I mean, what would be the, in, like, what are they, the intent of that 500 million is to help home builders to buy the land or to nope. open it up for resource for land? So get this. So part of it, they have $30 million set aside for retrofitting. So they're going to take right. a property that someone's living in and instead of having them sell it or move, they're going to retrofit the property. So it's more agreeable for them to stay in. So that's one of the solutions that mm. they see. For I need a renovation. Housing. How do you apply for that? Just I, I don't know. I, and, and it's slated towards seniors, got which I think is good. Yeah. <laughs> He's got uh, a meeting. I said, you got a meeting. You'll figure yeah. that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, I guess it's counterproductive to a sales agent, but if I had a senior in a property, they have an amount set aside for them where they needed to have, um, let's say, handicap yeah, accessibilities done yeah. or a, a stair chair. Is that yep. what they call that? Mm -hmm. Where a stair chair, um, that money would be used for that, that they could apply for it and get it. And then they have like a hundred million dollars set aside for acquisitions of just properties, you know, and so they're going to buy it for a hundred million and then resell it to somebody for 30. But how does that mm -hmm. help the, the building? Well, it makes it affordable. Oh, so they're going to cut their losses. Basically they're subsidizing. Somebody I got purchasing it. Okay. It. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't, there's it. It's going to be a puzzle, and it's going to be a conversation for a lot of years. It'll be a big deal in our next legislative. I know that, um, but with inventory staying as low as it is, and and being in um, and prices climbing the way they are, and being in a shortage of housing, period. Yeah. Um, I don't see they're going to have to do some things to do that, and a lot of things that get thrown around was like rent control and and different yeah, things like that. Word. Dirty words. Mm -hmm. um, and and I think there's got to be other alternatives out there than to stifle things. Cause I think a lot of that kind of stuff has an adverse effect on a lot of other things. Someone brought up rent control the other day. And I, I think that, I think for some reason, people think that a certain party hates rent control and a certain party loves rent control. And I, I don't really see it that way. I like the idea of being able to stabilize a marketplace for people to be able to maintain housing and continue to work mm -hmm. in that community. Right. But what I've seen of rent control in California and in New York and some of the others is that you're, you're paralyzing the owner so bad that the owner can actually afford to maintain the property anymore. And you see a lot of these slum lord issues come up because you know the, the cost of the property taxes have gone up, the cost yeah. of the property maintenance has gone up, mm -hmm. but the rents are set. And so for 25 or 30 years, I, I had a um, grandmother's a loose term, but it was a, a family relative through an ex-husband. It's a long story. Um, she had a unit in an apartment building. The, the building had gone up to a value of like $10 million which she couldn't sell it because she, you know, the, the taxes on the income from it. But the person in the middle unit probably would be paying like $20,000 a month for this unit, like wow. over the Golden Gate Bridge, it was gorgeous. They're pay, they paid $800. Oh my goodness. $800 a month. Now the downside is the property taxes for that area never changed. So she's paying property taxes and the income from the other two units barely covered the property taxes and maintenance. And so, yeah, this person never wanted to move. Right. Why would you? Right. Yep. Um, but she literally couldn't sell the unit because of some of these issues. Like they're grandfathered in. You can't uh, change that. Yeah. And so I, I don't understand it. 
yeah, I, you intend to do something well or good for the good. Yeah. And it, there's always consequences to everything like that. The other thing you see, if you, if you stifle the investment or the ability for a landlord to make money, you're going to have less rentals Yep. theoretically in sure. an area mm-hmm. in which means prices still go up yeah. or there's not enough housing less for renters. supply, yeah. Right. I think you also see less quality investors, meaning that you have people that dabble in the marketplace unprepared. And so when things actually happen, they're not prepared to take care of it. I mean, the because sellboard. yeah, they're mm-hmm. looking at the low, low, high risk, low offer opportunities. Yeah. And so they didn't really have the money to, to invest in a property anyway. They're barely skimming by. And yeah, so now the microwave goes out, they're not gonna fix it for yeah. them. Right. Or whatever happens, yeah. happens crazy stuff. So, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, the regional, this one, uh, much more than I did in Colorado. You know what the best part was for me? The hotel. So yeah. usually with these, you get the crappiest room you've ever seen, like for 200 bucks, no kidding. You get this little cubby hole that you're stuck in for like three days, right? We check into this hotel, and I mean, it was the Grand America in, in uh, oh, Salt yeah, Lake. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Which you said was pretty nice, and yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Man. Yeah, like, that's a beautiful If hotel. I got paid to polish mahogany, that's the place I'd go to work, <laughs> right? Um, because that's all we saw were these people that were always out there, like, yeah. uh, polishing stuff and cleaning up. The rooms were amazing. Yeah. Isn't it a room. historical uh, hotel? I... It's not historical. Oh. It's built to it. look like it. Okay. But uh, it was built from the ground up, and it's not, I mean, it's... It was built prior to, it was built around 2002, around the Olympics. Yeah. Okay. Oh, for like a it's pretty America historical. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> they had high tea in the main lobby. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I went for low it's tea. Neat. The rooms had a living room and a bedroom. Yeah. It's like, I felt bad. So one day I went in and laid on the couch <laughs> just so I could say I laid in the living room. Do you know what? It doesn't make sense either in a hotel anymore. And I, this is something you see in Vegas too. You know, like TVs now have become extremely cheap and inexpensive to buy. You can buy a 55 inch TV for like 300 bucks, right? Really? Yeah. No, you can go to Best Buy right now. They have sales all the time. two in this office. Can we go grab two? But, but the funny thing is who has a 55 inch TV anymore? Do you? I, I don't know. Don't I don't know them. what size. Um, the whole like point is inches. like uh, these hotels, they had like little 40 inch big TVs. That you know they probably paid a lot of money. They bought like 500 of them. Yeah. Um, but they're so small, small to look at. And it's like this. From, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like a small footprint. And it, it's just weird to go to a hotel now and you see this little tiny TV. And one of the coolest things about checking into a hotel was you got to rent movies, not the dirty ones, but you got to rent movies that were coming out in the movie theaters. That was like a thing that... Really? You don't remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside of the... Yes, yes, I do. You remember that, right? Yes. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of TV in the See, hotel. See, I'm a huge TV buff, and the I best too, part about staying in a hotel. hotel was you could watch yeah, brand new right. movies that yes. are out in the movie theater. I do remember that, yeah. Well, now they suck. Now they suck. They, but most of the movies going out in no theaters movies. now suck anyway. Well, but it's been that way for a while. So now what the cool thing is that you can, you can sign into your Netflix or Amazon or Hulu or whatever on your TV and watch the same crap you'd watch at home uh. at your hotel room, and they'll actually sync together. You I just, just wonder if people are watching it after I leave. I was going to say, you got to log out, right? You got to log out. How many times does that happen here? Somebody... I think they actually reset them. Probably. You think so? The hotel, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And my point that of that was that they're selling crap movies for like $30 that yeah. you are free from your local cable company and on a, on a tiny TV. And you're yeah. stuck because there's nowhere else to go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm hmm. the only one that thinks of that. The huh? things that make you think, right? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But you love the hotel, know. which is good. I won't be back on the next episode, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys Uber or did you guys get a taxi? Or so, I mean, not taxi. Yet, we car. did Uber and we did Lyft. 
You did both. Um, yeah, and how do you pick two between blocks. the two? Yeah, two, two blocks. Blo- it was cold. Yeah. It was oh. it was snowing the entire. It was time. a little more than two blocks. Ah, it was like three, but okay. But nonetheless, yeah. So um, we taxied from the hotel to the restaurant in like three taxis of groups of us, and then on the way back we Ubered or lifted back. There was like eighteen of us. Wow. But it was hard to get an Uber. Yeah. No. Because yeah. of the snow? Or the just one because? guy kept going, coming no. back Oh, dropping off, coming back. It had stopped snowing by the time we got there. There yeah. was snow everywhere, but the roads and the sidewalks, that, they were clear. But uh, there was a big volleyball tournament in town. Um, I guess that's a big deal. I don't know. I don't play volleyball or watch it. Um, not that it's a bad it's thing. It's probably great. And I'm just too short. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I tried playing beta volleyball in, in the pool, but uh, it still drowned. <laughs> couldn't yeah, jump over usually there. around Memorial Day. Um, <laughs> so it was hard to get one. Uh, and uh, I ended up getting a lift one night, and I think it was like 40 bucks to go like three blocks. Whoa. Um, so the r- prices were all over. Wow. But uh, did you have a chance it's, to watch the Uber story yet? I have on not. On Showtime? I don't the have The second Showtime. episode's out. Oh, really? You should What's get this? it. Yeah. It's uh, the battle for, for Uber, and it's kind of the story of how Uber came and how they, they go into the cities and how they had a battle to become um, legal, cab, so yeah. to speak, there, and some of the stuff that happened. I remember it's, all it's that. Pretty cool. It was big here in Vegas, right? All the taxi cab authority was, like, yeah. giving them yeah. such a hard time. Well, when they went into, uh, I think it was Seattle, that was really big. They had people that were actually, the transportation guys would, would call them up on their app, actually take it, tell them they're doing it illegal, pull them over, <gasps> tow their car, find them the whole bit i didn't know this but you can't you can't pick someone up for a taxi or an uber can't pick someone up on the strip you have to go to a hotel really yeah because i i I always thought you know you could get in and out why not like any other major city and in nevada in las vegas it's illegal to drop someone off at you know just randomly on the strip because i guess it's also a safety concern like that's for taxis too right yeah and so you have to go to a physical location because um, I thought, you know, you could just hop out and start walking. Yeah, I'm like, they, I'm pretty sure I've been, I've, I've just done it. out. I've done it in and out, but I had an Uber driver tell me, he goes, it's actually legal for me to let you out like that, oh. and they'll, they'll find me for it if they do. And I'm like, really? Have you checked your uh, Uber rating? They probably rated you low because you... 4.9. 4, really? 4.91. Yeah. Liar. <laughs> no, it is. Four point, but I, why am I 9-1? What, what happened that caused me... Cause one well, is that one time you wanted to like jump it. out and he's like, did no, you, you can't, it's illegal. Did you throw up in someone's car, Chris? You guys know I got reported in that one... Where did we go? In San Diego, they reported me for not for wearing no a mask. mask even really? though the mask mandate was That's lifted in San Diego County. And so we asked the guy... I, I paid for the Uber that night. Never do that again. And we all got in the car. And before we got in the car, we asked the guy, hey, listen, we heard... We're from out of town. We heard that mask mandate was lifted in your county way before Nevada. And so we're, we have masks, we'll wear them, what would you prefer? And the guy straight up said, you don't need to wear a mask, you're fine. So we get in the car, no one wears a mask, we sit, we actually have a nice conversation. He drops us off at the restaurant, we go in, by the time we're sitting at our table, I got notified by Uber that I've been reported by my driver for not wearing a mask, and now for the next three rides, I have to show them proof that I'm masked before the driver wow. will show up. <laughs> That pissed so me Chris off. So Chris is not doing Ubers anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, that really upset me because we asked, you know. Yeah. And then I, now I have to show them a picture of me with a mask on. Now, what's to stop me from taking it off? <laughs> you know, but I had to do that. And they laughed. They thought it was the funniest it damn thing funny. ever. I would have And too, that's actually. why my rating's 40, 4.9. Exactly. And we mine know. is 4.94. Damn it. 4.94. I think I'm in the same category. Does it tell you how many rides? Yeah. Uh, oh, not on Uber. Not on Uber. Does it? I know on Lyft it does. So how many 
rides have you taken on Lyft? I've never I'm taken a Lyft. I'm only like 60 really? something. I don't have a Lyft account. See, I'm I liked, over 100 on Uber. I liked Lyft um, before. When I lived down on this trip, I took Lyft almost all the time. I, Why? I just thought the customer service was a little bit better. The right, drivers were nicer, even though they're the same. Um, <laughs> and I just had had good experience. Like if, if something was bad with Lyft, their customers, they took better care of me than, sure. than Uber. But uh, 207 rides on That's Lyft. A, lot. a 4.9 rating with a star. And then I've been riding Lyft for 5.7 years. You have badges? Yeah. This is the thing, though. I've got a a 4.9, and yet I just got a badge the other day that said, rating, your first five-star rating. How can you have a 4.9 and only have one five-star rating? Well, because they're like 4.9. But they rate one, two, three, four, or five. Oh, I see. See what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've done uh, over 1,000 miles. I'm a marathoner. Wow. Um, 20 tips. I, I'm a top tipper. Me too. Wait, how many rides have you had? 207. 200. And only 20 tips, huh? <laughs> over That's 20. why you're rating. Over 20 <laughs> tips. And over five, 20 dollars Five years of lift diversity. Over 20 tips. Over 20. Well, uh, when you do give your first 20, you get a thing. So oh, I apparently I, I haven't hit the next milestone. <laughs> Keep going, Brandon. Keep going. <laughs> huh, I wonder how many rides I've gotten on Uber. Yeah, Uber doesn't give you a lot of your info, but they will on your So Uber, you're mm-hmm. 4.94. I'm 4.97. Ooh. I know. Just you are always nicer than me. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, though, it was the one time that I had Maury in the car, and it's he was drunk and obnoxious. And yeah. so you got to be careful who you ride with. Yeah, yeah for sure. They could ruin 4. your 4.91. What the hell? Yeah. Hmm. You must be the same rider, driver. Lyft and Uber. I'm going to find out who it is. I... I wish uh, one of the things from the pandemic that I think was damaged the most was these ride shares. Yeah. I mean, it's just not the same anymore. So, because it's taken so long else. to get no, them. No, like Lyft and Uber, Uber and stuff. It's harder to get them. They cost more. It's just, it just isn't. Well, have you seen the price same. of gas? That's probably why it's um, They're about to go up even more, aren't they? <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what shocked me was um, we had an airport ride. We came in from someplace, and it was like $110 to go from the airport to my house. Mm. And there, there was no choice. I mean, we, we had to do it. We had no other ride. And so we go, and the, the Uber driver, I guess you're not supposed to do this, but she actually asked me. She goes, I'm sure this is prime time. You know, there are a lot of people getting off planes. How much can I ask is the ride that you paid for? And I said, $110. She's like, oh, my God, that's, that's crazy because it's only going to pay me like 12 or 15 bucks. Really? And, and it's because they get the difference in some of that, and the driver doesn't get it. Wow. Because of, of the amount of you know, rides that are out there. I didn't know that. That's not even the jump. tip because I've heard she, a lot about the controversy around the tips, but... That's the actual fee. Yeah. That's crazy. Do they take a portion of the tips too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy, huh? How do I invest hmm. in Uber stock? Very good. Right? <laughs> what else is in the news, Shelly? Anything? Well, so you guys hear about that uh, Zillow housing super app? Can we talk about that? Sure. Because apparently that's going to affect lenders first. Does it help you flip homes? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it does. I think it partners you with. I think it partners you with the vendors in the industry. Oh, so it's for the consumer. For um, the consumer, yeah. And I think it's probably this is my guess because I've just heard rumblings of it and I don't know much about it. But my guess is that Zillow Mortgage is probably one of the vendors in there on the back Rocket. side of it to pay for that. Is that is Rocket? I don't know. Rocket's not owned by Zillow, are they? I thought no. it was. I don't think so. No. No. Rocket is Quicken. Oh, that's right. Hidden behind. Yeah. Slowing. Yeah. So do you think that'll be something that'll affect, that'll affect us, but it won't affect us as in lenders, but 
Nothing for the agents. It's called a Zillow Super app. Mm -hmm. Well, let's see. It's probably going to charge me an amount of money to become a Zillow Super agent. It probably. So I, maybe I need to be a, a Zillow Super vendor. If you got a cape, I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> With a big uh, Z on it. The time is now. It says, it's time we seize back assets and relationships with that we have traditionally been ours. Exclusive relationships, listings, marketing rights, ancillary services, and now the marketplace. Or the ultimate housing super app. Yeah, they say Zillow is betting big on the super app. And Do you know what Zillow's current stock price is? Mm -mm. Guess. Don't look. $50? What'd you say? 92. 92. So it... it uh, Personalized search and find your properties for rent, get your pre-approval, immersive shopping, in-person touring, buy, Somebody has finance, to do that. sell, oh. payments. They'll take it all. So the answer to the question is $49.86. Ooh. And so what was it a year ago? Guess. $157. Wow. So, so it's, gone down, it's gone down $107. Well, maybe the super, app, the super app will make it a... Uh, Jump back Now's in. The time to buy a lot of stock has gone down recently. <laughs> yes. That's a huge, I mean, you know, and yeah, they lost what, $500 million flipping homes out of the $4 billion that they had planned. But I mean, for their stock to go down $107 a share, that's, that's incredible. So we should be buying stock. We could own Zillow. <laughs> Let's do it. That's all. That's what, it. Let's what else see you guys if there's got? Anything else. Come on. You can't give up on us now. Well, we did talk about the uh, age. What do they call that? Um, oh my God, where there, where it's taking longer aging in place. You talked about, you know, now homeowners are staying in their homes longer. So I, what did I, you say? Aging. It's called aging in place. Aging in place. So yeah. that's what we do when we sit anywhere, right? We're aging no, where where <laughs> as you get older, you start to. If you're not going to move, you're going to build up the hand. You know, maybe some of the chair that goes up the, the stairs so or... let me ask you this though what do you think the average time somebody stays in the house before they sell seven to ten years okay so you say seven to ten years and that probably used to be true but it's much much higher than that now really? because more people are aging in place yeah now it makes sense right do you think that's because of a pandemic and i was forced to stay in my home uh, I, I don't know, because hmm. originally Shelly sent me an article that was out by Redfin, and they said, and I said, oh, yeah, you can skew any statistic any way you want. But when we were in Salt Lake, actually, that economist was actually talking about the length of time people were in, in their house. And it's like 13 years. I skewed the number. I'm still in my house 16 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. she's the one that's dragging a real estate client. <laughs> but I mean, to that, I like to think to think of that as far as our, our clients. Usually we're thinking five to seven years we're going to be changing through, buy, sell, sell, buy, whatever the case would be. I think, though, uh, my grandparents stayed in their house for 55 years. Right? 55 years? 55 years. But my grandfather bought his house for $5,000, and it was 900 square feet. And by the time he sold it, well, I guess we sold it after he passed away, um, it was 3,400 square feet. Whoa. And, you know, the, the, the weird thing then is that it was affordable to add on to your home. Yeah. Right. And there wasn't yeah. as many regulations on building stuff correctly. Mm -hmm. But the whole point was you could just add on to your property and you had enough land. And people bought because they liked where they were located. Right. And so there wasn't a lot of this transition. And then I think that a lot of people did it because it was very cheap and affordable to move around and buy new homes. Yeah. If the market's going like this at 450, 500,000 probably by the end of the year, um, a lot of people aren't going to just jump around. They're going to have to redo the house that they're in or things like that because it'll be more affordable. Yeah. I think that makes a big difference in the timeline. 
Yeah, and I, I think generational is one thing. Yep. Um, and But the millennials and the younger generation are entering now, and I don't think they're going to buy a house and stay in it for 15, 16 years. I don't know. It's I a first-time home buy. Typically, they're going to move up. You'd think, wouldn't you? Well, I mean, but now you can build an entire house from a YouTube video. <laughs> Tiny houses. Well, I mean, people are used to living in shipping even stay containers. On the screen, long and like they're so everything is, has to be so fast paced mm. for them changing in their. World I think life. millennials move though more often because they're they're transitioning into careers that are taking them other places. They're not. Could I be. think like the older group, see, is but that's a generational thing. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. might see these numbers start to come down as more of these people are buying. Yeah. Um, so, let me think here. So I moved here in two thousand eight. I rented an apartment. I went to a house. I went to another house. I went to a condo. I moved to the bought the high rise. Then I moved to my rental and then into another house. So I've moved feasibly six times in in since, since two thousand eight. So I skew it the other way. But you're in real estate. That's that's acceptable. I have agents. I have often. buyers today that are in you're, and out. You're of, just a bad example. Exa- of all no, no, of not me specifically. I'm talking. My clients are like in and out of homes. They're buying, selling. Well, one because of the market right now, sure. and they're they're taking advantage of the equity um, aspect of it, and they're just buying, selling, buying, selling. So, so um, I think to be a good realtor, you have to have the art of selling in the wrong home, so that they do resell <laughs> and buy another one. You really so, like so this I'm, house. I'm going through the process of moving right now. It's fine. And, huh? uh, I hate moving. I mean, like, I feel bad for putting people through it, but let me tell you about the hell that is my life moving with my wife. (laughs) Um, And that rhymed. That was pretty good. So my wife is that person, and she's incredible, by the way, at how she does this. She, like, the the military needs her, right? Because she orchestrates an amazing event. But the day we move in, the day that we stay there the first night, the entire house has to be done and perfect. I mean, decorated, uh, fans in, lights on. I mean, everything's done. Boxes unpacked and everything? everything there's no boxes there's no clutter from boxes the house is clean i mean it's weird like one time we moved into a house at nine o'clock in the morning and my father-in-law was was like so putting in fans hanging you know photos the whole thing and by nine o'clock that night the house was done it looked like we'd lived there for four or five years wow Um, and it freaks me the hell out who does it your does amy do it well yeah but she's she's like a taskmaster to all of us oh and so like we get no rest (laughs) until it's done you know and one time we had to paint the whole house inside and so that was being done while the movers are placing furniture we're painting walls and so thank god that our life has changed you know and it's not that bad anymore but like i had to get a storage unit the other day to to take the crap that we seasonally use (laughs) right i mean like she bought six christmas trees I mean, you could have bought a big garage and a house with a big garage. It could have been the alternative. See, I mean, (laughs) I'm lugging this shit to a storage unit. And all I can think of going down the hall of the storage unit is, and I got this little cart with the wheel noise, you know, and I'm lugging it down the thing. And I just see (laughs) hundreds of these doors down this aisle. And I'm like, this is hell. This is hell, right? This is what it would look like. You're going down a hallway with a bunch of doors that are all locked, you know, and it's full of other people's dreams and wishes. But I mean, I literally bought this room and I'm going to pay... Uh, $150 a month to store shit. I just don't understand. I feel well, for you. Don't pay for it, and maybe it'll be on an episode of Storage Wars. No, exactly. but the, the worst part is, at some point in my life, she's going to ask me to go get some other crap out of this unit or put more crap into it. I mean, that's well, what I'm Well, the holidays, right? Christmas time is when the crap will, or the stuff will come out. And we, have like, we have like toys for kids that, that we'll never play with them again. <laughs> we have old clothes. I don't know why you keep old clothes. 
Um, we have holiday items. Holiday items are the biggest thing we've stacked so far. So that's yeah. like a, at that. least a third of it. We have camping gear that we won't use again because we bought new camping gear that gets its place in the house. There's all of my stuff, by the way. That's why we have this unit. All of the things that matter to me and my <laughs> part of the family are going to storage. Like I have this photo of my grandmother that was professionally done and and everyone hates it because her eyes follow you what? in the room. It's like something out of the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, right? And my wife's like, that will look great in storage. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so mean, you know? She'll and she's like, an and all of your, your other stuff. crap can go too. She'll keep an eye on all your stuff. Yeah, Sweet. she'll keep it. Yeah, she, watch. You don't even need a lock. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, like she'll like tell you if somebody comes. Down. There's a pile in the house of stuff we're going to give away, and then there's another pile, and that's all my stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, because things that I cared about or I'm keeping because they're not allowed to be in the house anymore. Here's the sad thing, though. People pay for a storage unit for years and years and years, and there comes a point when the amount of money you paid for the storage unit it's is more way more than the oh. stuff's worth. But then you see storage wars, and you see some guy's Rolex that he put in a storage unit. Yeah, what? Like, yeah. How does all that? This one guy got $300,000 worth of artwork out of a storage unit wow. that somebody paid, and then you know they either died or they, they didn't pay. became incapacitated or they're in a coma. They didn't pay, <laughs> and so this person got it. I mean, who puts that stuff in there? You know, and then there's the bodies. What? Yeah. You, the you know, bodies. There are. is hell. <laughs> the yeah. mannequins? No, they've found bodies in oh storage Oh, my units. goodness. Wow. That's where I'll be with the Christmas stuff. They hear in there and, uh, and, and the picture of your grandma. I'll be cashing my social security checks and I'll be in the storage unit. Oh. Uh, that's not going to happen. Your grandma's going to watch over everything. <laughs> Don't watch me. About <laughs> exactly. That's really upsetting, too. I love that photo. Uh. Cool. You know, on this day in 1997, Buffy the Vampire Slayer debuted on the WB. Buffy you ever the that? Vampire Slayer? I watched a few. It wasn't Did you? I never, never watched The original it. movie was better. Really? It, I really it lasted for her. seven seasons, plus it landed a spinoff series and several comic books. I never got into that. No. That's just your use, useless fact of the day. <laughs> so with that, it sounds like we have... Uh, wrapped up the show or anything else parting words other than Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, no I get this email it's from the hustle the hustle yeah the hustle uh, I subscribe to it but it always has it has good stuff in here oh, okay every day it comes so anyway does it tell you who's coming in as the next pro um sports team that's to been the topic yeah what do you think basketball uh, right you think no it's gonna be baseball they just Where? had a thing on the news a basketball team is playing for here they're saying oh, they're playing for here but I, so I sit on the uh, track committee thing, and they've got a whole plan to redevelop the whole Tropicana Las Vegas corridor there. Really? And the, the talk is um, that the, the baseball stadium will go where the Tropicana oh, is. Kill it's a lot of so congested. It's congested there, but they're going to redo all that stuff. So Do I don't know easier? what that looks like or what that will be, but that'll be a big thing. So I know baseball is probably the first thing. Now, when I lived at Allure, the old Wet n Wild site, yeah. the guy that owns that, they were there was plans to put a, a basketball arena there, and, and a shopping and all that event. stuff. That'd be better. Um, and then they started to dig the hole, and then they stopped. So I don't know when or if it'll happen, but yeah, they keep talking about it. I think it won't be too long before we have all the major sports here. Really? Yeah. Any predictions on that? Twenty twenty five. I don't know. What are we missing? We're missing basketball and baseball, and soccer. I thought mm -hmm. we, yeah, well, for the stadium, yeah. Yep. Crazy yeah. stuff. Yep. So anyway, that's, that's that. So we've got uh, the Super Bowl coming. We've got the draft coming. They're talking about having another Pro Bowl here. Just get your tickets early because that's <laughs> real, well worth it. 
I didn't um, go. You didn't go? No, you I had someone in. that gave, gave me some tickets. I, I, it wasn't my thing. He, he yeah. had tickets in the suite, and he I just did. said, What? No. Yeah, the only thing you do there is drink and eat. Yeah, I'm, I would say that I was not that impressed. I mean, I couldn't even imagine going to Hawaii for that because it was it's really all about the concessions. Yeah. When we were walking around, it was busier outside in the concession stands than it but was. But you know how it's not, seats. like, when you went to Allegiant Stadium, I'll say that was kind of cool versus, like, T-Mobile. Allegiant had all of these different vendors that were like like sushi. I mean, I never yeah. thought I'd go to a sports event and have a sushi vendor, and right? Yeah, would you eat sushi? It seems fishy to me, but, you know, <laughs> um, but the whole I don't think was, they'll be back next year. I'm just saying, the lines <laughs> there are nowhere near what it is at Pizza Rock, right? Pizza, Pizza Rock is, is Pizza Rock inside uh, Allegiant? Yeah, I mean, oh. but they had all of the oh, vendors in like the, that. in the club level section. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't remember seeing that, but yeah. in the nosebleed sections. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yep. high rollers. That's... Uh, Pizza and a beer. So that's awesome. Anyway, uh, we better go because we probably ought to fill up before uh, gas yeah. prices go, go up. Yeah, before they go up. I'm going to go charge my car right now. Well, if you uh, like this, make sure you <laughs> like it. <laughs> make sure you like this and smash the notification button. And with that, we're uh, we're done. It's a wrap. <laughs>